0: Last time on the Gilded Age, Peggy and T. Thomas Fortune went down south to talk to Booker T. Washington about all of his work in education. Also, the Reverend proposed to our girl Aunt Ada. A whole bunch of other stuff is going on, but those are the things that really matter the most. Let's see how this all plays out as we go into the second half of the season of the Gilded Age on the Lords of Grantham podcast. We are past the halfway point in season two of the Gilded Age. What is going on, Corey?
1: I'm pumped up, Dave. I don't know about you. I'm pumped.
0: Pumped? How? What's?
1: Well, coming in I mean, hot. Oh, <laughs> well, hey, you're back from Disney, man. How was your yeah. trip?
0: <laughs> good. It was very good. It was uh, a lot of Disney. I think uh, next time maybe not.
1: Not as much six Disney park days. Okay. Well we'll talk about that maybe at the end of the pod if we have time. Yeah.
0: Maybe uh, you know what, when you went to Universal Studios, we did an entire Patreon about it. Well, next week we'll have a Patreon about my Disney excursions. I know okay. I know there's a big crossover fan in like Disney adults and mm-hmm. uh, hardcore podcast listeners. Yep. So I feel like we'll do it. We'll do it for you. Just pay the pay the Patreon fee, you'll get it. Yeah. But it was great.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing I'm hopped up on, Dave, is that we got, uh, you know, the Spotify Wrapped came out today. And obviously, all of our listeners don't use Spotify Wrapped. But it was very heartening, again, as always, seeing that people listen to our podcast a lot in some cases. Uh, And someone posted in our lounge, Dave, that they listened to us for 20,000 hours. Not 20,000 hours, 20,000 minutes.
0: I like 20,000 hours. Let's go with that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No. uh, Yeah, it was... 29,395 minutes and it's because I, she didn't know how to she didn't know this is our listener Charlotte that it was playing overnight so uh, I, you know it, I don't know if it helped her sleep but you know people try it out <laughs> just put us on and, and let us play in the background
0: who, who would have thought when we were when yeah. we were but young kids writing for our high school newspaper reviewing rap albums that we would be reviewing period dramas Fifteen mm-hmm. years later,
1: and the well, crazy people thing is, sleep to it. <laughs> I, yeah, I never would have guessed. And it's uh, on top of that, we only recorded about twenty-one hundred minutes. At least that's what Spotify tells us of material this year. So people went above and beyond, and, and these are people who've also been listening to us for some time too. So they've gone back and listened to older episodes. So so thank you. We appreciate yeah, thank that. Thank you. I think uh, uh,
0: last year we did a little merch giveaway for our. Spotify rap sharers, or Apple Music sharers, whatever you want to say, and we don't Mm -hmm. have anything up our sleeves quite yet, but (laughs) holiday season, we're going to do something for you.
1: Dave just got back from Disney. We don't have money to go around.
0: Yeah, and I did not. I should have bought some merch for the pod family. That's what I should have done. Maybe I'll give them a, I don't know. If they like Figment, I got a Figment t-shirt.
1: The answer to that, Dave, is seven days at (laughs) the theme parks. (laughs) Then you all remember uh, to get some merch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an
0: extra part. Send me to Avatar one more time.
1: Yeah. But there is news on the Belgravia front, because I know a lot of people are tuning in to hear us talk about Belgravia. I mean, we did just cover it over the summer. Uh, But the next chapter premieres January 14th on MGM+. This is insane. This is absolutely (laughs) insane. (laughs) Tell me why, Dave. Tell me.
0: No No one cared about this show. We did. And we talked about we, it for two months. We did. I mean, we it's our it's our job to care about this show. Is it a, a job? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: It is our if it's not our job, it's our duty to care mm-hmm. about Belgravia. But the fact that we waited so long despite the fact that it is a fellow's helmed production that it took us what 3 years to get to, yeah. Shows you how many you know what's Pop culture as a whole has given to the show, and now yeah. just out of the this is this is insane. The, the second season, which we discussed, mm-hmm. is coming out in January. Like so, we got Gilded Age is going to end. Then we got to jump into the Crown. Yep. Then maybe if Belgravia gets a little buzz, we'll jump into that. Like, what the heck?
1: And just browsing IMDb, it looks like there will be some flashbacks taking place i think because there are certain people from the first season who are in stills for this new season not Uh, just john balassus not just john balassus because he is the only confirmed person from the previous season appearing again and yet he is not on the poster because he just is is not allowed to be on the poster per the first season and i guess this season uh but yeah i mean dave in terms of our coverage i know we gotta get to the crown after this but we could cover Belgravia, Belgravia in real time if people care so people tell us. you know us what
0: to, i'm gonna I'm gonna say it I wouldn't be opposed because I feel like for those that are listening that have been listening for twenty nine thousand minutes, y'all know we don't always get to things right on time, mm-hmm. but the Crown is one of those shows that it are is so like to hear us talk about since, the Crown? since everyone just dumps rather everyone Netflix does the big like four episode dump mm-hmm like everyone's binged it. Like it happened with our Bridgerton numbers. It happened with our queen Charlotte numbers with all due respect to the listeners. Not everyone's jumping to our coverage the way that they would for right now with the gilded age. So maybe, maybe Belgravia
1: is the play. So this, the stepchild, this unwanted stepchild that we were just bagging on, we may be covering it live as it comes on air uh, in January. So we got to re up on the MGM plus Dave. Yeah. (laughs) We need more (laughs) patrons. (laughs) Yeah. Can't afford these things. Um, well, maybe that's the giveaway, Dave. We give away MGM Plus to one of our listeners. Okay. Hey, that, we'll pay for your subscription. absolutely, absolutely. We'll give there you, you our, our login, and then you have to listen to us talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's a punishment. Um, but, but also, we, I mean, yeah, a little
0: bit of news, mildly related. Okay. Um, we got some first reactions to Wonka starring. <laughs> I, I was not thinking about
1: Wonka. Okay, tell me, Dave, what, what's going on with the Wonka? Of this the is world? from Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm.
0: But the headline. Charming, whimsical treat, powered by a okay. stellar Timothy Chalamet. As as you know, and maybe this is more for our Lords of Grantham Lounge on Facebook. We're not, we're not all that fired up about Wonka.
1: <laughs> it, it does feature Jim Carter, as we know. Uh, you know, you may know him from Down Abbey as Carson, but he is Abacus Crunch in Wonka. And that is our driving force for potentially seeing this movie. Even, and it is directed by the director of Paddington, which we are, which no is fans a foundational
0: film for the Lords of Grantham universe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we maybe Wonka. it. We'll, we'll see. In, in Again, between Gilded the Age. In, no, I don't know. In between the Gilded Age and uh, Belgravia, we just Wonka it for a week, maybe. Yeah, maybe
0: Christmas week. we'll, we'll yep. double up.
1: We'll, we'll see. But, you
0: said there was something that you thought you would. I would bring up.
1: No, I I, I didn't think you would bring up Wonka. So, what, <laughs> what did, was, was so
0: what, did you intend on bringing something
1: else up, or just you kill it right Age in? season two episode five? Because I know it's going to take us an hour to get through all. This. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, we don't plan for it to go this long. We just got so much to talk about, and so Dave, as we always do, Trotta, <laughs> he's working on his clock. That's it. <laughs> Well no, no, he's he's not just working on it. It's complete, he says. He says it's complete.
0: Mhm. He said that before look what happened.
1: That's true. That's true. And and Miss Armstrong uh what is it? Or Miss Bauer offers to test it and Miss Armstrong says, "Watch out." And Jack says, "That's that's a good idea, Miss Miss Armstrong. I'm not, I'm not going to let Miss Bauer try it out." He's also and, like hovering
0: around in, in other scenes with people, but that's that's all we get for a Trotta.
1: I just, I'm just curious. What's the worst that could happen with that clock? Is it something where next week it just explodes? <laughs> yeah, is it a bomb? Like, is he <laughs> Is he like yeah. Tom
0: Branson? Is he a radical? Is he trying to
1: Turner create some class to, warfare? Turner hires him to create an exploding bomb to insert in the Russell's home. Well,
0: if her track record is, is what we think it is so far, then it'll just kill him alone.
1: <laughs> Poor Trotta. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see on that. Well, why don't we talk about this? the strike? Because that's on the side of everything. And it looks like they're yeah, teeing George? That up. Yeah, they're teeing that up for next week as a, as a big confrontation.
0: Yeah, we got an anarchist down there.
1: <laughs> a German anarchist. Uh, and he's been in Pittsburgh, and he's been poisoning the minds of the workers. And their demands keep getting louder and louder. And Dave, you won't believe this, but they're asking for eight hours of work a day, eight hours of sleep, and then eight hours of what you will. So... Yeah.
0: And, and I like any, that. What's what's um? J- J- Julian does what Julian does best. He tries to make these characters that are clearly uh, in the wrong seem mm-hmm. sympathetic. When George is like, "I think that's not such a terrible idea," yeah, and then get out of here, Clay, Clay is like, "What are you talking about, man?" Yeah, get we, your head in the game. Our profits would drop. Yeah, zero world. If George Russell was real, he would be like, "I love the idea eight eight He said, "No." I,
1: he he wakes them up to the harsh reality that any concession could spell weakness, and one blink and you lose the war. Because I, I, I am not on Georgia's side. <laughs> Let's be clear. But just thinking from his perspective, if you give them an inch of the eight hours, what comes next? And that's you know why you got to just yeah what
0: pizza on Fridays?
1: <laughs> yeah right. Uh, you just got you got to play out the strength. From I told perspective. I know right. <laughs> God forbid us hardworking people get any time to ourselves. Ah. Uh. Also, I think
0: we talk about while we're talking, George. Let's talk Larry mm -hmm. because, sure, this is the most shoehorned in. Like Julian, what were you trying to? We this is a fifty-nine-minute episode, man. Mm -hmm. You could have cut this whole plot. So George has to go deal with these union guys. So he goes. Yeah. Hey, uh, my my young son, you know, heartbroken, Larry.
1: I'm gonna oh, wait, wait. wait. You're of- jumping the gun, though. Larry is drunk at the top of this episode. Oh, yeah. Larry Ber- and his boy Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm is Mr. Keen. And-, and Bertha's walking around and saying, like, where are you, Larry? Oh, you booze hound. What are you doing here? <laughs> Come on, man. Clean up.
0: Yeah. And La- Larry's like, it must feel good knowing that you helped break my
1: heart. <laughs> I-, I do like the crack that. Did you just drink at Harvard? And it's like, yeah, more or less. And I have some news for you, Bertha. <laughs> It's been going on for a long time at these colleges. People just—that's what people do.
0: Yeah, Bertha, but, don't you know?
1: Yeah, he is uh, suffering from a broken heart. And to your point, he does—he does bump into Marion while crossing the street too.
0: Oh yeah, this is before all the George stuff happens, and uh, mm-hmm. very uh, outright conversation with Marion. I thought she says yeah. like, "How you doing?" Well, also we're skipping over the fact that Bertha basically kicks him out of Newport. She says, right. "Go she back to New York." I don't mm-hmm. want you near Blaine. Yeah, I would be, I would be disappointed if that's the last we got to blame. I feel like that's not the end of this story.
1: Right. It was too abrupt. Maybe she's oh, pregnant. So th- Who knows? Yeah, exactly, man. That that is the specter that looms. I feel. <laughs> uh, but he runs into Marion across the street. They're across the street, and she's like, "Oh, you're back early." And he said, "Yeah, you know, hit it and quit, it and had some heartbroken <laughs> times." And yeah, she was you like, fall in "Love, same. you
0: fall out of love." And I like that Marion's
1: like. Yeah, I
0: totally knew you were banging that like forty-five-year-old woman. Like we all knew it. We all saw it. I don't and think Marian's she said not,
1: that, like, Dave. I don't, I don't think she said that.
0: Well, I think it's pretty implied by what George or Larry says that I don't think you
1: know, so. Oh, I don't think she knows what he's alluding to exactly. She's not dumb. <laughs> I. She's been a little bit busy on her own with the dashel of it all, and because she equates whatever he's talking about to her experience with um what the. Right. Uh, Yeah, Rakes last year, because she says lovers meet in part. She knows that. She's looking at it on a very basic level. I don't think she's looking at it like, oh, you're a Yeah, maybe
0: she's naive. As we find out from um, Ada, that these Mm -hmm. spinsters are a little naive in the romantic sense.
1: Right. So anyways, yeah, they're twin sufferers on the cruel carousel life, and they're going to be comrades. But yeah, now he's talking to George, and George says, I need you to look at this Brooklyn Bridge uh, that's being built. I need you to waste 10 minutes of the viewer's time. (laughs)
0: well not yeah. waste. and Larry's like why and George is like
1: come on man like I'm not going to explain this because I don't have an explanation just go do it
0: yeah and then so he goes to this meeting and there's like nobody in this room mm-hmm. so basically no one's there because
1: Mr. Roebling They're, is the guy who's supposed to be designing this bridge but he's not around he hasn't been around uh-huh. no one can get a hold of him
0: yeah and his wife is there Miss Roebling Yeah, Emily Mm Roebling, and she is, she's like, oh yeah, you can't talk to him right now, he's not going to be here, he's not going to be at the opening, he's not going to be anywhere, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, okay, see you later, we don't really meet, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. and then Larry's
1: like poking around and he sees her actively making plans about the bridge with a bunch of other people, and then uh-huh. kind of hurriedly putting it away as he approaches. And so, yeah, as you're saying, he ha- hangs around, and comes back around, and he's like, "Wait he goes a to her house. Yeah, he's like, "There's no Mister Robling. It's just you." And she's like, "Yeah, there's, there's a little Queen Charlotte." He he uh, he fell ill, thought he'd get better. He didn't, so it fell on me to make the bridge. And this is actually a real person. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty inspiring, honestly. She's the first person to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge because she pretty much made it. And uh, I don't think she got many design opportunities thereafter because they didn't let women do that, but it, that's pretty awesome. And it is cool to know that tidbit, but it is very much shoehorned into the story.
0: Yeah. And also, part of me thinks like, Oh, so we have Larry walking into a, effectively a widow's house.
1: Dude, don't, don't I, I had the same thoughts. Like, are you telling me we're going to set up Larry with another widow? <laughs> like, okay, let's go. You got to type, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cause is like, he, her husband
0: is not dead, though. He's just, uh, no, he's dead. He's oh, gone. So he,
1: do they overtly say, I was under the impression that he's, um, and maybe it's because I looked it up after the fact, uh, but yeah, Mr. Roebling died in 1969, 1869 rather. Uh, okay, and, and that so we're you know a few years past that on the show at this point. Seems so like a dead.
0: weird thing for them not to be like, oh yeah, he died, and I'm kind of doing the work for him overtly. Like, well, uh, I
1: don't think she, yeah she wanted to be that overt with him. Uh-huh. Um, but as much as she couldn't be overt with him, I don't think he could be that overt with his intentions. You know. Uh, well, I mean,
0: he also behaved himself. He seemed genuinely like, oh, impressed. wow, what a cool thing. And it's he figured her out before anybody else did. But
1: Wasted opportunity, though. Julian should, should have made Larry go two for two. <laughs> Honestly, come on. What, what's the lose here? Marion's still busy doing her thing. She's not going to be available to uh, advance their endgame. So let Larry and Miss Roebling have some fun. Let's do it. On the Brooklyn keep, Bridge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Find another. Agnes is a widow, too. Yeah.
1: Come on. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, Who knows?
0: We'll find out.
1: But it just ends with, uh, you know, I think Larry remarking with unjust shame, and uh, that's that. Great. Moving on. Is there any Watson. other low-hanging fruit? Watson. I'm going to keep barking his name, Watson. Watson.
0: The Watsons is a pretty integral part of this episode, though.
1: That is true. That is true. But he does take the time to say to George, you know, I'm still thinking about this offer that was made to me two episodes ago about whether to move <laughs> to San Francisco into this apartment. I was gone traveling and I came back and I'm still thinking about this. And George says, well, that's quite the pickle. Maybe you should uh, go off and do something about it. Okay.
0: Well, Thanks. George, I think, is actually shockingly understanding where... Yeah. I think he's, he's going to help get... McNeil in the same room as uh, our man Watson.
1: It, it reminds me a little bit of the Bates and Robert connection, where like they're boys. You know, he dresses yeah, them. Yeah. He takes care of them. Like He's seen him nude. <laughs> I mean, many times. That's his job. So you know, they're boys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll get. And that's we'll,
0: really all the advancement we get there. This more this hovering mm-hmm. subplot.
1: Yeah, we'll circle back around to him.
0: Uh, Oscar Van Ryn mm-hmm. seems to be closing in on some sort of situation with uh, Maud Beaton. Yes. Now, we've talked about this a lot. Does Aurora Fain know he's gay?
1: Well, Oscar Wilde, <laughs> of all people, intimated to oh, her. Oh, yeah, like, alluded to her. And yeah. So do
0: you think she's put the pieces together?
1: I think she has her slight doubts because of how single he's been and unable to make a connection that last, has lasted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she does see that there is some genuine connection between how Oscar's expressed to Aurora, his affection for Maud thus far, and Mod seems to be into him. Uh, yeah. She does advise, though, like there's no rush to getting, getting to know him. It's always helpful. Yeah. And... uh Mr. Fane walks in the room, and he's like, "What's going on?" "Oh, nothing, nothing." But uh, you know, just talking about Oscar and, and stuff. And he's of the same idea. He's like, "Are we sure that Oscar can be committed to this lady? Is he that interested in her beyond her fortune?" Yeah, um, is
0: it more like a, he's a playboy? hmm And he's never gotten in their mind. He's never gotten over the wild oats phase. So. Yeah. Yeah, that might be what it is, but in the meantime... I,
1: I, wait, I got a comment, though. I got a comment yeah. uh, on Mr. Fane, because he's been there since last year uh, as as the husband, <laughs> and he's only popped up occasionally. Mm-hmm. This dude is one of the most awkward actors I think I've seen <laughs> on, on screen. The, the way he enters the room, he looks like a complete alien. Like This is his first time walking on two legs. Yeah, he, the way... He, he, he tilts his head he looks like he
0: doesn't belong there he looks like he should be his staff
1: yeah and yeah I don't I mean he's acted and stuff this actor Ward Horton but he seems very and he's handsome he's handsome he just seems so awkward and stilted like who tilts their head like that it made my skin crawl seeing Mr. (laughs) Fane for that (laughs) brief moment it was just like this guy is strange he's not human I'm I'm convinced he's not Um, well maybe not you were saying Dave yeah, I mean, he maybe he's not. That'd be a good twist. Good twist. I don't know. What were we saying, Dave?
0: Not not nothing. Talking about uh, <laughs> uh what were you talking about?
1: Oh yeah, Mod Bean. Ma, she's uh looking yeah, to invest Beaton's, in a railway, a railway.
0: Yeah, and she gets and, and she has confided in Oscar before that. She
1: mm-hmm. doesn't
0: really feel comfortable. She feels like she's being hustled by this guy. Yep. So it, in Oscar, Oscar, I think this Oscar, is what he said like, the last
1: episode to her. Like, I can help you with your finances.
0: Yeah, I'm a banker. I know this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she brings him along to this meeting with this uh, financier, and he is like, I don't want Oscar Van Ryan in the room. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to be in the room. Mm-hmm. And he's seen. He's super educated on the issue, on what's going on. He knows the names. He knows the information that he's been given. He, he's handed a pamphlet, and he seems to not really care about it. Mm-hmm. And he wants in. And at the end of that episode, he's got his checkbook out, and this gentleman who's who's running the whole thing says, "Like this is a very closed group. I don't know if this is for you, man." And he's like, "Well, I know." Mod, Mod knows you. I'm in.
1: Yeah, we're all gonna make money. It, it isn't clear to me how in the loop Mod is on Oscar investing in this, and, and it does make uh-huh. me wonder when she catches wind of this or if she, I mean, I, if she doesn't know of this, will she have a negative reaction? Like, wait a second, is he pursuing my fortune because all of a sudden, like, I clued him into this investment opportunity, and now he's putting his own money in there?
0: Uh huh. Well, and I mean, I think. The real question is what's gonna happen with this? Yeah. Is it gonna be a total bust and both of them wind up losing what they put in and mm. they both you know, does Oscar start screwing over the Van Ryan fortune here? Like I you know, a lot can be on the line with this.
1: Yeah, we don't know how much you put in there, so we'll see. But I I do like their chemistry. I do think they get along really well.
0: There are moments where I forget he's gay when they're together. Like <laughs> Yeah. They really do have good chemistry to the point that I I don't want this to hurt Maud Beaton. She seems too Absolutely. pure of a character to, and not it's, not even pure in a sense like she's innocent and and mm-hmm. like she's very aware of what's going on. She's talking to Aurora Fain about it. Yeah, she she seems like a very present character, and I would hate for her to get her heart broken by this uh, man trying to find a good beard.
1: Still not impossible. It could be a lavender marriage. Where it's just a <laughs> all for circumstance between the two of them, mm-hmm. but we'll, yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Well, there's two separate. Well, no, there's three more. I think huge strands here. There's the Ada and Forte, which we'll I think we'll save for last. The Bertha, of course, and the Duke, and then there's Peggy and Tuskegee. I think. I think Tuskegee is the one we should talk Tuskegee. about. I do not know how to pronounce Tuskegee. I just I say Tuskegee. I can't help it.
0: Well, it's spelled like that. Yeah. Or is it? Or is it spelled Tuskegee? I don't even know. I just know, you know, college sure re- class. Re-
1: yeah, look this up for a second. Pronunciation. Come on, tell me. in, in What's well, Tuskegee? It is <laughs> It is Tuskegee. Oh, I'm a dumb, dumb yeah. man. Okay. Well, anyways, let's get to the story.
0: <laughs> We're down there, Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. The dorm opens up. Yep. And well, not before we get the scene of Peggy interview, or interviewing or observing Yeah Young women in like sewing classes That say they want to work in hospitality and hotels Yeah And that because of this college They're allowed that opportunity And it's this guy uh, David I believe is his name The one who we met last week Who was working on the farm Yeah the Sturt Her boyfriend
1: mm-hmm.
0: Her girl Yeah her girl His girlfriend And It turns into like all these young women turn into Peggy and be like, what's New York City like?
1: Yeah. And, and then we fly a, forward. Yeah. Or do, I mean, she tells him, the, you know, hard work. She, she's, uh, you know, getting into the paper and everything like that. So it, it, they're all just kind of putting forward the notion that if you just work for it, there are opportunities out there. You just got to keep trying, learning, educating yourself, and keys open doors.
0: Yeah. So we go to the dorm opening, and... Mm-hmm. This guy, Dave, is there again. Not me. A young black yep. stu- student who's excited to live in the dorm. Mm-hmm. And he says to T. Thomas and Peggy, hey, my mom has a restaurant. You should go check it out.
1: Yeah. I want to open a farm one day, run a farm one day to provide her with uh, the goods to you know support her restaurant. And you should check out this restaurant.
0: Yeah. So we go to the restaurant. What's and- nice? I mean, it's it's this is paired parallel to Bertha's dinner. Yeah. So it's meant to look quaint. And, yeah. But it does look good in the food. Obviously, everyone's raving about the food. Yeah.
1: And this
0: is. They're, they're talking uh, about
1: how they need to take their belts off because uh, the food is just so filling. And oh, she's, she's like, like I'm going to get like you dessert. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dessert? I'm full. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And this uh, couple of intoxicated Caucasian men bust in the door and yep start talking down to everybody.
1: Pieces of the trash. Uh, and so yeah, they're just looking for trouble. They even tell Sturt, like, I want some chicken. And the one guy reveals himself to be the county commissioner, Mason Sturt, which then connects the dots of like why she's named Sturt. She worked for him at one point, mm-hmm. probably, more than likely. Um, so he wants to teach a lesson. And at some point, T. Thomas Fortune looks at them, and he's like, you look at me, and he, uh, he teaches them a lesson. So he th- throws down the white dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well,
0: he stands Which, up, and he says, stop doing that, because right. the guy's putting his hands on Stern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is not, you know, this wouldn't fly
1: today. Right.
0: And he puts his hand on this guy and just sort of pushes him out of the way, and he falls, and then game just, over. They got to go. Yeah.
1: Because white people are clowns anyways, So, but mm-hmm. he had it coming. As I said last week, T. Thomas Fortune in real life, pencil neck geek, but not on this show. He's a handsome hunk, so he has the, the strength to be like, get out of here, <laughs> and, and does well. But He has a little Ross
0: Poldark moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. Very Poldarkian. Um, and they say, you got to get out of here. They're going to be coming looking for you. you got to run. Um, take a back road. So they take a back road. They stay in a, a farm that they're going to have to be in overnight until they can catch a train the next morning. Uh-huh. Now, lynchings were very prevalent down there uh, in the 1870s, uh, time after that as well. And so they're hunting for T. Thomas Fortune and Peggy Scott because she's with him. And as you do, when you're in a scary situation, you just start making out with the other person. Yeah. Very weird, Dave.
0: Very uncomfortable. This whole thing was really uncomfortable. Thankfully, they both show restraint. Mm -hmm. But doesn't mean that they didn't do it. You know, they didn't kiss. (laughs) They did kiss. Well, they didn't do more than just kiss.
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, I didn't like this whole thing. (laughs) Uh, This whole situation in the, the barn specifically. Because. Again, this guy's married, <laughs> uh, so yeah. it's not okay. And also, he's a real person, so I hope the family that's descended down is okay with seeing this guy. Uh, not, I don't want to say cheat on his wife, but no, that's, I mean, with, in many yeah. people's
0: definition, that's cheating.
1: And I'm absolutely not the person who is educated enough to speak on this, but Julian, you should know better. There's a stereotype out there in, in media of where they perpetuate black man cheating on his wife which is not good and I don't need to see it perpetuated in another <laughs> show here and it's just like come on Julian this is not okay at all and it's also yeah. lazy it's lazy on top of that because Julian has done this before he's done this with Edith and Michael Gregson she writes for a paper and he's like hey you're pretty I'm older than you let's do this <laughs> yeah uh, swap out Nazis hunting down Michael Gregson with the South hunting <laughs> hunting for them and it's mm-hmm. the same story um, yeah,
0: it, I just feel like Totally unnecessary. I mean, I think the yeah. there's always been the tension between these two. Sure. Well, they're handsome and charismatic. Leave it. Leave it at that. Leave it yeah. at. It's his work wife. You don't need to make mm-hmm. it anything more.
1: Also, if you're gonna do this, just do it with a guy who's not married and not a real person. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, you kind of wrote like, yourself didn't, we, in the didn't hole. we
0: start working on the adopted father of Peggy's son in the yeah. first episode? Had a there little flirtation s- with Peggy, and then yeah. not flirtation, but. They had vibes. Yeah, they had vibes. And Uh, then nothing came of that. So, like, I don't know. To me, this all just
1: seems icky. And you wonder, too, did Julian write this because he saw the chemistry between the two of them? And he's like, well, I just got to do it. (laughs) And it's like, Julian, no. (laughs) Just change his name. Just like you did with Jack Trotter. Just to say it wasn't T. Thomas Fortune. It was T. Thomas Fortune. (laughs) And there we go. Fortuna. Yeah, different guy entirely. What are we doing here? Although, after saying all that, I am pro changing history if the person is single, as we've said with the crown. If Princess Diana got with Mohammed Al Fayed, would have been incredible. Uh, Just make sure they're single and ready to mingle. And uh, yeah, yeah. So actually, was or you know, wealthy terrible (laughs)
0: humans that are you know,
1: it's just funnier. it's like Larry with Roebling. That is exactly what you should be doing. Hook them two up. She's single, he loves has widows. no
0: consequence. If anything, it looks funny.
1: A hundred percent. People would be cheering on to find out that their great-grandma was getting on with this imaginary hunk. But not your uh, nerdy
0: great-great-great-grandfather who's actually Married. not this towering hunk. Yeah. Making out with this pro- alpha-progressive female character. It's very reductive to both of them. Yeah, oh yeah. But
1: let's not, not waste any it. more
0: time on this though because okay. it is uh we we can talk about this kind of laziness for an hour. Yeah. We got two other plots to talk about. Well, let's talk about the duke of it all. He's coming to town. The duke is coming to town and our girl Turner is still or Winterton is not thrilled. Mhm. And we see the plans are going as as they are, no further uh furthering with our man mm-hmm. Baudin, and um his date. We don't know how that went. We don't know if it happened yep. yet, but we know he's got five right. chefs working under him to help this meal. Mm-hmm. Bertha says no British food because British food stinks.
1: Yep. And he goes, yeah, "Okay, be- yeah, I got five courses. Got five Fine chefs. Fine, China. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything's nice."
0: And we see this red shirt that we met last week, Barnes. Peter Barnes. Who had uh, a nod and an acknowledgement of Turner mm-hmm. gets called We've in. never to seen a, before. Yep. Gets called into a meeting, or to, to Winterton's house. And she goes, I got a guy on the inside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The name and is Schneider. He's one of the five cooks.
1: Immediately put to use. So and Turner she calls said, him in. I, She's I wanna, like, I want you to mess things up. Yeah, I want you on the inside too, and I will yeah. pay you. And Pete Barnes is just like, "Well, what's a career to me? Let's do this." Yeah, <laughs> Winterton will hire me. So, yeah,
0: you know, as as important as this this Duke sequence is, it mm-hmm. is very straightforward. Yeah, well, we get
1: there. Bertha is also dressing Gladys for the evening. Uh huh. Because Making she doesn't sure know it, any better. Right, and Gladys is someone who was named the best dressed recently in, in town, and she makes that point to her mother, and her mom's like, no, I'm going to dress you. You're going to wear this dress, this ugly red dress, actually. <laughs> I Instead was not of your pretty. Blues.
0: So you look but, like you, a kid.
1: Yeah. You don't make it,
0: people's top 20 best list
1: Yeah, wearing almost, children's clothes. Exactly. The mom has got no, no best. And so Gladys gets all dressed up, and she is seated next to the Duke. hmm and they chat. And the Duke
0: is like, Gladys. <sighs>
1: he is uh, taken by her. And very common, uh, we alluded to this last week. He may not have fortune. Who knows? We know he's a Duke. We don't know. He may be seeking a little bit of fortune. We don't know his intentions. We don't know him.
0: Yeah, Robert Crawley did the same thing.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I mean, if she is, uh, if it's true of the way she's based off of a uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt's daughter i don't want to spoil anything but there, there, there could be a connection here i don't know hey
0: yeah i mean look at cora and robert crawley down at abby there you go he was broke he's a lord married her for her money exactly exactly same deal yeah so those so, two are, are hitting it off and, and mm-hmm. bertha and the duke are hitting it off and there's the scene where right after the duke sees gladys where um uh, Turner or Winterton is like how come you're not coming to our house? Or <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, she can't contain herself. She is Oh, yeah. She has no it, filter.
1: Right, cuz yeah, uh, Bertha's saying, "Oh, you'll enjoy our our version of Newport." And that yeah, she butts in like, "You wouldn't enjoy our version of Newport, obviously." <laughs> she she's all sour grapes. Um but who cares? Tur- yeah, Turner has a plan. As we recall from last week, the last thing that she said was, "Well, we saw was her throwing a paper into the fireplace and saying she'll get revenge." That's my Duke. If it's the Last thing she did. Speaking does. of Wonka,
0: all the the I, I think I made that connection last week. Mm-hmm. That's that's my Duke. I want my Duke.
1: Yeah. And so, we already talked about the Peter Barnes of it all getting involved with this, and she's also mm-hmm. hired someone else.
0: Schneider,
1: the cook. One of the five cooks. Right. Yeah, Peter Barnes and Schneider. And so Watson is just milling around. And this is the dumbest thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is just... I loved it.
0: I was so there for it.
1: it, Well, the thing I'm hung up on is she said last week, I will get revenge if this is the last thing I, uh, I can do. And this is the best she could do in terms of revenge. A man standing over a pot very conspicuously looking over both his shoulders and then ripping open, like, a satchel to pour into there. (laughs) Great job, sir. No one caught you. Oh, wait. They did.
0: Yeah, and they catch him right away, and they they fire him, get Mm -hmm. him out of there. And then we see... (laughs) Watson is just like Sherlock Holmes here. He's like, oh, by the way, I saw him talking to Barnes. Yeah. And they were in cahoots. And...
1: I want to know what Barnes' plan was. I mean, well, we we do. I, I think we'd know. Well, the thing is, why did Barnes and Schneider talk after Schneider was caught? <laughs> it's like, if you don't want to draw any like attention to yourselves, don't converse. Because then they, they crack that joke of like, well, is the soup hot? Oh, yeah. So I think the plan was, Peter Barnes goes up there when they're all serving soup, spill the soup on his lap so it would be hot.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's why... Uh, Church intervenes, grabs the plate before he can tip it over, and George and Bertha Duke clock that he's using his hands and not a glove. <laughs> but it's okay because the the soup did not spill on the Duke's lap. And Turner Turner is miffed. Mamie uh, Fish says, "Yo, right there, you you look a little upset," and she's like, yeah, "You look Mom.
0: flustered."
1: Yeah. She's fine. I, I I like Mamie Fish just popping in and being like, what's the deal? What's the deal over here? What's going on? Yeah, tell me a little bit. And, we, well McAllister here is here in this episode. It's really more or less Nathan Lane collecting a paycheck, and I'm happy for him. Keep getting your money, man.
0: He knew, yeah. He he weighs too heavily on this for him to not at least be in the room because they do talk about there's people on both sides of the opera here. Mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, the Met and the Academy, and also we find out that Aster came up with an excuse, but she's mm-hmm. going to pry Fish for all the information that she can yep. as soon as she sees her again. Yeah. So, Anyways, that's really, but- that. it goes off without a hitch. They stop yeah, they- the, the, the uh, is it uh, Tom Tom Barrow's going to put cow poop or whatever on the, the dignitary in Downton Abbey? And they oh, stop yeah. him. Like, you're right. going to regret this, but they don't fire him.
1: Yeah. These guys get dismissed immediately because we really don't know who they are. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all kind of just giving each other high fives, pretty much. The only person who, who had a bad go is Adelheid uh, because we learned that Bertha does not trust her to get, uh, was do hair and help with tiaras and all that. Uh, and she was only supposed to be a temporary replacement for Miss Turner. She wasn't supposed to be long-term. So uh-huh. they d- did hire takes, p-
0: she's like, yeah, I haven't found anybody yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so um, I think Miss Bruce hires someone else to replace her. And Adelheid shows up and she's like, hey, what's with this other maid? And she says, oh, she's just there to mentor you and tutor you. I'm sorry. We didn't tell you. It's like, you're on the way out, Adelheid. Good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. The
1: uh, last piece Bertha and uh, George are just, you know, talking at the end of the long evening like, man, we really did well here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bang it out. <laughs> Let's go. You
0: coming? you coming to bed? We got stuff to do.
1: Also, I saw some on the set photos of uh, George. Uh, what's, his, what's the actor's name? Morgan Spector. Uh, Morgan Spector. is jacked. This dude could be a wrestler, man. He's got gorilla arms, man. Sure, <laughs> I just had the comment that the dude is ripped. Uh, so yeah, good for Bertha. No. Yeah,
0: well, and Carrie Coon's no no
1: slouch either. No, not at all. She is pretty, very pretty. That leaves, I think that leaves
0: us with with the big main event,
1: the wedding. Ada and Forte. It's
0: Julian got in me a week. again. He, <laughs> he I got loved it? It. I mean. This this was uh, Julian do in his bag mm. as much as he can be. Yep. Because we start the episode, Oscar, Marion, Agnes, Ada in a room. Ada says, "Hey, everybody, get out! Mm-hmm. I want to talk to these, my family." And says, "Hey, I have some news. Y'all know Reverend Forte." And Agnes is just like, "Cut to the chase. What's going on?" and he goes well she proposed he proposed to me
1: and I said yes we're gonna get married next week and Agnes is like nope yeah nope. she says what <laughs> actually because she, she's like think, think she thinks she thinks she misheard her <laughs> uh, Oscar's already ringing the bell for champagne <laughs> and as you said Agnes has said no no and next week no definitely not definitely not
0: and she says she, she just goes off on her and she said, when you're a spinster you always have been a spinster mm-hmm. that's who you are and Ada's yeah. just like, totally distraught. And
1: Co- Ash- she uh, Ada asked, will Miss Scott be able to be present? No, and neither will I. Oscar, you won't be able to go. It, uh, yeah,
0: church comes in and he's like, well, congratulations to you. He's like, take that back. And he's like, like church, oh, or oh, or not Bannister? Not church, Bannister. God, Sorry, wrong side of that. the road. Yeah, uh, banister like. Well, Church is walks it in. Back.
1: Oh, wrong house. Excuse me. Bye. <laughs> oh hey, how you doing? Con- yeah. Congrats. Yep. Yeah. Cheers. Banister walks in. He says, "Congrats." And then Agnes says, rescind that." We <laughs> can't. We can't.
0: Says I take back my. <laughs> my
1: congratulations. My congratulations. And he like winks. Um,
0: and then the rest of the episode is basically a, a, a dancing around Agnes being a total b-word to her sister. Because she's insecure about being alone.
1: Yeah. She, she's and it starts a with... Uh,
0: she bans Oscar from going. Ada wanted Oscar to walk her down the aisle because you have to have a man walk you down the aisle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Marion's grand plan is to... shoehorn Dashiell into this episode by... having Dashiell as... the individual to walk her down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And... Francis as the flower girl even though Francis is in like middle school like that's the that's not the appropriate age for a flower girl
1: different times back then different sure she um, carries herself like she's in, <laughs> in grade school uh, yeah um,
0: also this is a plot device to get Oscar and Maud beaten a little closer because Oscar just confides in Maud that he's really upset with his mother for not mm-hmm. approving of this wedding. And he says, "I'll break the rules if you do it with me," yeah. which is again why I really like these two, and I really hope that they can make something work.
1: There's a part of me that Wister more Ada and Oscar moments before this, showing the two uh-huh. connection between the two, because it really is just kind of like familial. We're just li- uh, leaning on that to show like Oscar caring, you know? Um, yeah, I think but, we're
0: kind of making up for lost time with Oscar this season. I think yeah. I like him a lot more.
1: Oh, for sure, he's definitely more likable this year because uh, he's not just scheming and scuffling um but yeah ada won't come downstairs and agnes is confused like why won't she come around and marion has to tell her you were rude to her you told her she
0: wants to get married this is like the biggest moment of her life
1: like you had this yeah and agnes calls her petulant and she's like i don't care i'm i'm married
0: off on agnes you stink you're awful yeah and then
1: just like last
0: week on agnes is there eating dinner alone How do you feel now? Yep,
1: and so and then she goes
0: and talks to Reverend Forte.
1: Well, is that before Ada talks to Forte and Forte says talk to Marion? Because Ada has Ada has some doubts because she's like, well, you know, my my sister makes some good points. She's gonna be all alone. I want to be there for her. And Forte says, "In there for me." Forte makes a really sweet case where he's like. I didn't want to leave my parish. I didn't want to leave Boston. I was happy eating clam chowder up there and getting drunk on the st- streets and Wife all of with Larry Russell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there, it's been so sweet to have this reward of you, you know, being here in New York. And just talk to Marion before you, you make any choices. Yeah. I, I don't know why he says that because I don't think I recall why he's tight with Marion all that much. Because I they think like he, art. she knows that Marion's the one, the sort of voice of reason yeah that that's true uh and she does talk to marion and marion's like hey Ada, because ada's about to just say cancel it but no she did
0: like let's push it down the road till Agnes yeah. comes around
1: right wait on it and marion's like no yeah you get married who cares uh, yeah you, you, you've been waiting your whole life you, you who knows what comes next just do it <laughs> and ada's ada's convinced Mm-hmm. you know. And cousin Dash did, will, he'll, he'll he'll come around, walk her down the aisle. Yeah, if Oscar yeah. can be there.
0: At, so Agnes does indeed go talk to the reverend Forte mm-hmm. and she's like I wh- I don't think what you're doing is good. She, I'm going to be by myself. Yeah. It's really kind of selfish what you're doing. He's like let's let's bring Jesus into this. <laughs> Jesus said the point in life is to become, you know, a man and woman to fall in love and flesh of flesh and, and become of one flesh and and that's that i'm gonna retire in new york this is uh i think you're the one being he should have said you're being selfish what are you talking about me i'm a i'm a chaste man of god yep and and then he says you're not gonna you're not gonna comment back and and agnes does her best violet uh, crawley and says well you brought god into this so there's no point in talking about it
1: yep so they're gonna get married and they, they we get to the church, and Oscar shows up, and he's like, you think Mama's going to keep me from this? I'm going to walk you down the aisle. Get out of here, Dashel And Dashel's mm-hmm. like, okay, happy to be here. Oh, and there is that conversation that Dashel has with Marion where uh, it was Agnes opposes the marriage, and he's like, she doesn't oppose all marriages. Oh, oh no. Hippy And Marion just rolls her eyes like, this dude ain't got a chance. <laughs> he's, I don't know, She has yet to overtly tell him that he doesn't stand a chance. And also, he's not that bad. He's gotten better looking every week with this beard. The just for men is working. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm really happy to see uh, Ada walking down the aisle. Just because I watched a lot of the, all the Sex in the City, so I, I have the connection of Miranda, and she got married on that show too. But just happy to see Nith- Cynthia Nixon get good things. And also in the real world, she's doing like a hunger strike strike right now because the whole um. She wants to have the peace strike and uh, the peace uh, thing in Israel and Palestine. So good for Cynthia Nixon. Happy to see her get married and, and, and fake fiction on this show.
0: Yeah. And Jul- Julian really does the, the thing where he, you're really happy for her because yeah. she's she's been a side character. This reminds me of like Edith's successful weddings or yeah the Carson wedding, Carson and Hugh's wedding in Downton Abbey where they're. They're just like good people, and you're just She'd happy never to see this to happen. Yeah, yeah, and and then he does the thing that he always does, where you know it's the eleventh hour, the wedding starts, and then you hear the door gong. Yeah, it's like the undertaker. To the sound
1: design, the way she just kicks it open,
0: and then and... Agnes walks down the aisle mm-hmm. and doesn't have a quip, doesn't have some oh. comment. Oscar and Marion slide down. She sits, and the wedding starts, and we cut the black. Fantastic.
1: And that's the thing we're left with. Ada is just happy, and that that just really is such a sweet moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was all in. You know, it's like the yeah. t- I I did. I was at the edge of my seat, smiling. I you know I didn't think I cared about Ada like that. I care about Ada like that. You got me, that, Julian. You son of a, a gun.
1: Lot, and a lot of that is Cynthia Nixon's performance. Like I really like she sells like that wanting <laughs> that you can uh-huh. tell that she has been denied a lot in her life. And this is just the one thing. And it's so convincing the way she portrays it. Uh, yeah. No, fantastic. Uh, big fan of her. And so, th- yeah, this is a great episode. I think it all comes around to like, this is fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. if If you, if you pulled out the kiss between T Thomas fortune and Peggy, yeah. it would be like elite level mm-hmm.
1: Julian. Yep. I agree, but great episode. We got power rankings. Yeah. Who's going down, Dave?
0: Well, number three, going down. I got Agnes Van Ryan.
1: Same, same. Number three for me as well. Rough, rough go of it. She's so mean at the top of this episode. The The way yeah. she comes in on Ada, there's no sympathy or anything. She's only thinking about herself and... Yeah, it's just the wrong position to be in.
0: It's a rough look. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about it. There's really not too much to break down beyond what we saw on screen. She's mean. She's cruel. She's a bully.
1: It is a nice moment, though, when Bannister uh, is leaving to go to the wedding. She's like, where are you going? He's like, the wedding, of course. He's like, you should go
0: so you don't regret it.
1: Yeah. And I think that really does change her. Like, oh, if the help is going, oh, man, Mm I guess I should. So, who's number two going down?
0: I got our girl Turner or Winterton, Lady Winterton Okay Rough week She has this master yeah. plan We saw her screaming and crying like a baby last week about this Duke mm-hmm. And things don't go her way Bottom line, you know, all both of her little moles get sussed out Yeah And not a good look well, I have and her she moles whines at, in front of the in front of the man himself. She's like, "How man. come you don't like my new Porsche?" I'm like, shut up,
1: <laughs> get out of here. Well, I have her moles at number two. Peter Barnes and Schneider, they uh, they just didn't do their job. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they got caught out and then they're fired. They're so, little piss ants. I, I
0: don't. They don't deserve ranking space. Okay.
1: Sure, that's fair. I also toss an Adelheid with them too because it looks like she's on the way out. Well, she's not. So, Some
0: something, something tells me her and Trotta, they're still left okay. well, meat and we'll the bone for
1: there. Well, who's number one, Dave?
0: Number one going down: T. To Thomas Fortune and Peggy. Oh, okay. They wind but, up getting chased and almost killed, and I think this is this, yeah. this is a moment that I really thought they were going to lean into a little more in the moment where Peggy is talking to the students, where they're like, "What's New York like?" And then they kind of do the like. Fade to black as she talks about how mm-hmm. romantic New York is and how she has to work hard, where it's like, it ain't easy being in the South. No, not at and all. And these two are running literally for their lives.
1: And it is necessary that they show the darker side of things because they're kind of painting this rosy picture. But the, God, the whole making out in the barn and stuff, it just doesn't sit yeah, well. Yeah, and I don't
0: know if it's also, with all due respect, I don't know if it's Julian's story to
1: tell. No, definitely, definitely not. Not but,
0: not just the the infidelity of it all,
1: but the uh, I mean, it, the, it is the, the racial you, relations. But it is a thing where you wonder: is I mean, Julian writes all these episodes front to back. Is there a writer's mm-hmm. room to advise him on any of his choices? Is there no to be I like, doubt? It take a step back here. Yeah, um, not your battle, Julian. Yeah, well. Number one, going down, I got Miss Turner and Winterton because okay. everything goes goes wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, she promised revenge. So that must have been she really good
0: chicken in uh, Alabama that they don't want to end up on the rankings.
1: They really sold me on the power of their article. They seemed very confident in what pe- the okay. piece that they had written. <laughs> so I think it'll have a net positive effect. What I, think, I what... think
0: the fact that their lives are at risk. <laughs> I would yeah, sh- you know. <laughs> it's pretty bad. If, if uh, Shakespeare I just, had a gun to his head and was writing Romeo and Juliet, I wouldn't call it a good week.
1: No, I, I just don't want to acknowledge that storyline, really. Okay. It's just, fair fair uh, enough. Julia needs to stay in his lane. Uh, and, yeah, Turner-Wayner didn't down for me. But uh, going Who's up. Let's turn around. I got yeah, th- number start. three, Watson. This guy is okay. sussing everything out. He's like, hey, that guy over there, he pours some powder in there. Try it out. <laughs> Fire him. Hey, I saw him talking to Peter Barnes. You think he's trying to drop soup on
0: him. Fire him, too.
1: <laughs> he could have just gone off uh, and just said hey i think i saw that guy's farting in the corner i think i saw
0: i think i saw baudin's not actually french fire him
1: <laughs> I, he's not from wichita which was another thing someone looked up online wichita didn't even exist <laughs> for for borden back yeah, is, back when gilded age Reddit has been coming in with some heat <laughs> yeah so there's a chance that he was lying about being from wichita because it didn't even well, exist that's not real yeah <laughs> he could be a time traveler for all we know Mm -hmm. Um, so Watson number three this guy's doing work
0: well number three going up I got Bertha because it just goes Mm -hmm. right you can't keep like we we talked about it like when's it gonna stop when is the the roller coaster gonna go down and it's not going down yet but I can't I can't in good faith give her anything more than third place because she's doing she's just letting this world that she
1: is yeah built
0: play itself out that's why she's my number 3
1: okay well number 2 i got oscar this guy is oh, okay uh, good fair he's he's making uh, inroads with, with mod uh she seems to be liking what he's given and he's also investing in uh potential uh financial opportunities for himself so good and on him and he goes out
0: on a limb to to be yes. there for his
1: his aunt for, exactly he he's doing good work this week so good on oscar
0: Alright, well at number two similarly I got Watson Oh yeah Because not only did he do everything that you said Which is obviously Great sleuthing mm-hmm. He also has the scene with George where he's like This is my situation and, and George Is sympathetic, George isn't like Hey, maybe it's not a good look for me To have you, George could easily be like You're fired and I'm going to have you killed behind the shed And no one's going to know <laughs> Yeah. But George is like, I would try to get in the room With the daughter as well so I think yeah. he's got things are looking up for McNeil or or Collier or whatever his name mm. is,
1: whatever he wants to be. Yeah, number one though, it's I think undeniable. It's Ada and Forte.
0: Yeah, I got Ada and Forte. Forte. If it wasn't for Forte laying down the the, the Lord's name to get what he wants,
1: laying down the Lord's name and then also telling Ada to talk to Marion as well. Like those two mm-hmm. things, he's very much doing the work to make sure this happened. So. Kudos to him doing the work, and then Ada just standing firm and saying, "I want to marry this guy. So be it. If it's in the, within the next two weeks and it's a shotgun wedding, I'm in."
0: Well, it's not a shot. Yeah, it's not a shotgun. Right, shotgun wedding because there's no. It's a. It as she says to him, she's like, "I'm old. I don't think this is. My, this might never happen again."
1: Yeah. Hey, my parents married within meeting each other three months. Anything can happen. Come on now. Yeah. So yeah, good for them. Well, that's this week on the Gilded Age. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow, we did it under under an hour, Dave. Congrats to us! Wow. Uh, I know you've been traveling. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that on a Patreon. Is there anything you've been watching? Anything else going on?
0: No, not. I mean, not not really. Okay. I I watched, I watched like one episode of Love Is Blind Japan. we yeah. fine. That was the longest pods of any of these shows. <laughs> like five episodes. I'm like, oh my god, this get them out of these dang pods.
1: How about Shantaro,
0: though? <laughs> a, and I still don't know anybody's name because I like mm-hmm. passively watched well, the watch show. <laughs> is, he's in his 50s. He's Ada's age. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's Ada's age. And then when, I, when I saw old. him
0: on episode one, I was like, all right, this is like a. We're lobbing this jabroni in here. And no, no, yeah. he gets engaged to like a 30 year old.
1: Hey, man. Lo- Love is blind. Anything is possible. Exactly. Ashley Marion. Yep. It's,
0: it's good it is fun though I'm curious to see how they're like I'm
1: I'm hooked there's in. so many relationships yeah <laughs> uh what about you anything I've been watching the Scott Pilgrim show on Netflix Scott oh, Pilgrim yeah. takes off have you watched any of it
0: I want to it's on my list
1: it is awesome because I've read the books I've seen the movie many times I played the video game. Listen, I like. I'm a fan. Like, I'm not even the hard, hardest of hardcore fans. I just really like the the source material and all that stuff. But the show takes it in such a direction because every time they've done it, they've slightly tweaked things, and this one goes completely somewhere I did not expect and keeps going somewhere unexpected every episode. So it's and different I, I, than the the plot. Yes, yes, and it's great. I, I love it. It just it it and it just gives you more time as a TV sh- series to sink into these characters. They did it a bit in the books, but it's nice to see it like acted out and everything by the same actors from the movie the movie. So yeah, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. If you've seen the movie, yeah, liked it, follow up on it.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm dead. That's definitely on my to watch list. Probably sooner rather than later. When I when I saw like Anna Managuchi was back for the music, it's like oh my god! Like the
1: music's fantastic too. And they you can took the fairly, best
0: stuff from the video game. Yeah. And the comic and the movie actors, which everyone loved that cast and put mm-hmm. it together.
1: And it's like they, they had the opportunity to take some of the music that they would detail in the book or say is playing and then actually play it <laughs> in the mm-hmm. show, too, and stuff, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, that's been taking up my time for the past week. But we'll get back to you next week with more Gilded Age. Sorry for being a yeah. little bit late this week. We're not going to the theme parks this weekend. Uh, Who knows? A- Big thank you to everyone again for all of the love on the Spotify wrapped and for all you continuing to listen and everything. And you know where to find us. Leave us five-star rating and review. So choose wherever you get your podcasts. LordSGrantham at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, uh, all our pods on our pod website. We have a Patreon too, and we'll see you next time on the podcast. <laughs>